Having good flexibility is not what you think it is. Usually we all look down at our bodies and say either, yep, I am tight. I know I need to stretch more or nope, I'm actually pretty good. I feel pretty flexible, but that's not the full picture. Being flexible is about so much more than just having long and loose muscles. So today I want to help you make sure that you are stretching right. Let's do it. Hey friend, my name is Megan Dahlman. As a certified trainer and nutrition coach, I'm on a mission to change the conversation around fitness, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves as moms. If you're tired of restrictive fad diets and all or nothing workouts, in a culture that tries to sell you the lie that your value is tied to the number on the scale, then you're in the right place. I'm here to equip and encourage you to take simple steps towards the healthy life you want for yourself and the people you love. Welcome to Self-Care Simplified. Let's go down memory lane for a minute. I bet you have this same memory because it sticks in my mind since I was really little. So in PE class growing up, there were always two weeks a year that we were subjected to a battery of various physical challenges. Do you remember this? This is called the Presidential Physical Fitness Test. And they did away with this form of testing back in 2012, but if you were one of the lucky ones to experience the test, you probably remember this odd mixture of thinking, this is so stupid, combined with this inner competition of, I'm totally going to win. You know, I think that might have been my own competitive spirit, especially with anything athletic, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do these tests and I'm going to totally crush this. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're like, this is just really stupid. Anyway, the test involved at least five of the following exercises. You had to do sit-ups, which could be an entirely different podcast episode, by the way, sit-ups. And and we were timed for one minute. You know, how many sit-ups could you do in a minute? Push-ups, as many push-ups as possible without resting. Pull-ups, as many as you could do, or for some of us little girls, we couldn't do pull-ups and we would do like a flexed arm hang, like just kind of holding your chin at the bar and holding as long as possible. Then there was always a 30-foot like shuttle run. And I don't know about you, but when I was little, the shuttles were chalkboard erasers. Am I remembering that correctly? Oh my goodness. Was it just me? Okay, you got to reach out to me. Send me a DM and tell me if you guys use these same things for the shuttle run test, okay? So you basically took a chalkboard eraser from one line down to the other and you were timed, right? And then another one was you go for a one-mile run. How fast could you do the run? And then finally, we would do this V-seat reach. This was that weird thing where you were sitting on the floor and you tried to touch your toes. And this was to gauge your flexibility. And the V-seat reach, it measured your flexibility by seeing how far past your toes you could reach your fingers while sitting with your legs out straight. Do you remember at all how you did? <laughs> Can you remember? I always did okay. I could I could touch my toes. I could definitely reach them, but I couldn't reach very far past them. And I remember some kids in my class could basically wrap their arms around their feet while other kids could barely touch their knees. There were some super flexible kids and then some very stiff kids too. 
And my question now is, was this actually a good measure of flexibility? And back in episode 145, not that long ago, we talked all about elastic eating habits or how to become more flexible with your food choices and ultimately experience freedom with food. And if you missed that episode, definitely go back and listen because it could be the key to experiencing food freedom. Seriously, it makes that big of a difference. And it really brought up this other piece of flexibility for me, with this, which is flexibility in your body. So today I'm teaching you all about the more commonly known concept of flexibility and how it relates to your muscles. And this is important for you because flexibility is one of the key aspects of your fitness. Now I've boiled fitness down to six key components. And if you've been with me for any bit of time, you might have heard these, but let me reiterate them, okay? There are six pieces of your fitness, your muscular strength, so how strong you are, your cardiovascular stamina, what we think of as your cardio, your heart and lungs. Then you've got balance. You've got coordination. How well do all your body parts talk and communicate together? Power, how strong and fast you can be at the same time. And then finally, flexibility. Now, if any of these six components are missing, your body's going to feel off and you're going to feel like something's wrong and, and you're not fully thriving, okay? So whenever I design a workout program or put somebody through the paces, we make sure that we, we tackle each of those six key aspects of your fitness. In fact, one of my most popular programs, Get Strong X or GSX, every single cycle, there's six cycles of it. Each cycle focuses on a different aspect of your fitness, okay? So the first cycle is balance, and then we work on strength. And then by the third cycle, or it might be the fourth cycle, we tackle flexibility, okay? This is really, really important. Now, you might be listening and thinking, I'm already really flexible. I don't need this. I, I can touch my toes. I was one of those kids that could wrap my hands around my feet, you need this. And I'll tell you why in just a second. Or you might be listening to this and thinking, I am so stiff (laughs) and I'm rigid like a board. I was one of those kids that could barely touch my knees and I hate working on flexibility. Can we just skip this part? Yep. You need this too. You know you need it. Now listen, there are two different types of flexibility. There's passive flexibility and active flexibility. Okay, so passive flexibility. This is what we usually think of when we talk about being flexible. It involves using leverage or having some sort of assistance to push or pull you into the stretch. So this is the type of stretch where you're, you know, picture laying on your back and having a friend see how far they can push one of your legs up. Or maybe you use a rope pull one of your legs up. You find the end range of motion. You see how flexible you are. And maybe if you're working on this flexibility, you sit and hold that position for a little bit of time using leverage. And it's a static hold. And you're working on just lengthening the muscle. Okay, so this is the flexibility that most of us think about. But there's another type of flexibility that might actually be more important active flexibility, 
or what I sometimes call dynamic flexibility. And this involves using your muscles to pull you into a stretch or a deep range of motion. This would be like reaching toward or past your toes without grabbing onto anything for leverage. Your muscles are doing the work and it's a good demonstration of how mobile a body part is. So let's picture you're standing up straight and you pick your knee up in front of you like you're marching. Let's say that you're using your hip flexor muscles to pull your knee up as high as you can. And then if you've done any of my programs before, you've probably done hip circles with me. It's where you're using the strength of your hip socket or all the muscles around your hip joint to pull that femur in a circular motion, like you're trying to get to the far end ranges of motion, but you're using your own muscles to get you there. And this is often referred to as mobility. And both of these types of stretching or forms of flexibility, they're both important. Okay, so passive flexibility, it shows how stretchy you are, but it's the active or the dynamic flexibility that matters more. Okay, let's go back to that sit and reach test from the president's physical fitness, okay? Many of the kids doing that V-seat reach were extremely flexible and in fact were probably hypermobile. They were so flexible that they didn't have any strength throughout that range of motion. In fact, they were probably floppy and a little unstable. And in fact, I've trained a lot of women like this throughout the years. They're super flexible. But because of that, there's no structure. There's no stability. And they move kind of like a wobbly mess. (laughs) I have them drop into a squat and they pretty much just fall down and can sit directly on the floor. But, But they're moving kind of like a baby giraffe. There's no like strength to those movements okay and then on the flip side you've got some of those kids that were doing that test that had a little bit of active flexibility but very little passive flexibility and these are the ones that just looked like they were they were tight you know they were tight as a drum they were strong and could maybe muscle their way into the movement but their overall range of motion was pretty limited And I've also trained a lot of women like this too throughout the years, a lot of them. They're stiff, they're super tight, and let's use that squat as an example again. Getting into a squat just feels really uncomfortable for them, and they can barely sit with their hips down to knee level comfortably. So the sweet spot is right in the middle. It's being flexible both passively and actively, but not so flexible that you're floppy. In fact, it's pretty dangerous to be hypermobile. A lot of people get injured because they're too flexible. They're not strong enough. But then on the flip side, a lot of people get injured because they're too tight, right? So how do you work on this? And I know this is a lot of like technical, like, whoa, (laughs) this is high level stuff. Passive versus active stretching. What am I supposed to do? I don't know. Okay, so You can make sure that you're tackling both ends of the spectrum and you can accomplish this through a combination of holding and working stretches. So some stretches are passive. So think about stretching your hamstring 
where you're sitting in a chair, you have your heel propped out in front of you and you hinge forward and you're just going to sit and you hold that. I incorporate a lot of these static stretching or passive stretching exercises in the cool down. And then you also do some active stretching like that hamstring stretch. So we'll take the hamstring again where you do it as like a leg swing in your warm up where you swing your leg through a range of motion and you try to get a little bit bigger swing and that's dynamic. For improving your general flexibility or just getting longer muscles, that passive flexibility, use your cool down time for this. These are those sit and hold stretches. Use your breath, okay? If you know that you are so tight, you're tight as a drum, this is something you do need to work on, okay? Do the sit and hold stretches, but while you're sitting and holding, find the end range of motion. Pull that stretch to its deepest point and then sit there and breathe. Don't just do the stretch for time. This is where a lot of people do stretching wrong. They just hold and they kind of muscle that stretch and hold it for like 30 seconds and check that box. No, 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 no. Don't even set a timer. I want you to find your end range of motion and then sit and breathe and hold that stretch for five or six or more full deep breaths a deep inhale and then it's on the exhale it's actually when you let the air escape that's where it sends a signal to your nervous system to let your muscles stop contracting and guarding because if you're contracting and guarding while you're stretching you're not going to gain any length you're not going to get more flexible So if you want to stretch well, don't just hold for time. Don't just find the sticky spot and hold it there and grit through it. Stop and pause. Use your breath. And you might find that at like the fifth or the sixth breath, you can pull that stretch a little deeper. Now, if you know that you're like really stretchy, (laughs) like you're hypermobile, you honestly don't need to spend as much time doing this type of stretching you would be better off spending a little bit more time doing the dynamic style of stretching, which I'm going to explain exactly how to do it in just a minute. But don't feel like, okay, you're super mobile, you're really floppy. Doing this sit and hold type of stretching is not going to improve your body that much unless you have very tight spots. I have seen some people that are really hypermobile in their legs but their upper body is super duper tight. So you might be aware that you've got some really tight spots. It's not even. So those might be the areas where you want to do sit and hold type of stretches. All right, hold up for just a second. I have a really important question to ask you, but first I want you to think about the last time you were in a big group of people, a group of women, moms. I have a feeling a little bit of that comparison game started happening, you know, where you're feeling pretty good, but you start looking around and thinking that the other women have a better body than you have. They're thinner, maybe more muscular, or maybe just closer to what you think is ideal and what you'd like to be. I know this comparison game happens because we all do this. We can't help but notice others and especially notice the differences in our bodies. But most of the time, we have no idea what those differences mean and why. We end up just sitting and sulking about our own bodies, wishing we were different. But here's the big game changer for this constant comparison game. Understanding the different body types or somatotypes. 
Seriously, once you know how God designed all of our bodies differently, our muscle and bone structure, how our different metabolisms work, the types of exercises and foods that work best for each body type, then you can have that breakthrough with your own body and how you see others. So my important question for you is this. Do you know your body type? Because if you don't, you're going to be left in the dark, comparing yourself to others and wondering why your body is doing what it's doing. But when you know, it all becomes clear. So even if you have an idea of what you are, I want to invite you to come take a free quiz that I put together. It's going to help you find out your unique body type. It's totally free. It only takes a couple minutes, but the knowledge and clarity that you walk away with are amazing. So head on over to bodytype.io. That's bodytype.io to take the free quiz today. You'll be so glad that you did. Now for improving your dynamic flexibility or the mobility, the the moving stretches, a really good time to do it is during your warm-up. I love doing dynamic style movements in a warm-up. Not only does it help increase your range of motion, but it also energizes your body, gets your nerves firing, and prepares your body for the movements to come. So warming up is an ideal time to do dynamic mobility work. You can also do this as a separate workout on its own. Do a separate like yoga style workout where you're moving through stretches. You know, you're you're using your strength to push and pull you through the movements. You're using your own body weight and your momentum is going to carry you into your deepest ranges of motion. This is really similar to in all of my programs, we'll do a workout D For some reason throughout the years, it's always become D. Workout D is like the magic sauce. That's the one that involves a lot of this dynamic mobility work. And this is a game changer, honestly. For so many people that have spent years just doing like strength training or cardio, and they're like, there's always been this missing piece for my body and I don't know what it is. And man, the moment you incorporate this dynamic mobility work from workout D, it's like, whoa, Now, this is the body I've been missing all along. So when you're doing these movements, use your breath, okay? Once again, you don't want to be guarding. You don't want to be overly contracting. Go slow as you do it. And honestly, in my opinion, everyone needs this. Everybody needs dynamic mobility work, all right? Even if you think like you're super stretchy or hypermobile, This is the type of stretching you should be doing because it's encouraging strength at the same time as length, okay? Strength and length together. Now, no matter what, when you're stretching, do not push a stretch to the end point where you feel a lot of sharp pain, okay? Let pain be your guide. If you get a sharp pain when you're stretching, whether you're doing a sit and hold type of stretch or dynamic stretch, you're probably going too deep. So what is the result of all of this good, proper flexibility work? The result is that you're going to have muscles and joints that just feel open. They feel loose. Nothing feels constricted, but they also feel strong and durable. You're not going to feel vulnerable. You're not going to feel like you're prone to injury. And in turn, after doing this type of good flexibility work, you're going to move better. Your workouts are going to feel so much better. You're going to be able to do a squat and feel like, man, I can actually get into that movement. If not, feel like my joints are constricting me. 
and you're going to be less likely to get injured too. So, so many good positive things that come out of awesome dynamic and passive flexibility work. So think thinking back to that presidential physical fitness test, I really wish I had known why we were doing some of the exercises and stretches in the test. I mean, why did these things matter? What did it really prove? And I know that the PE teachers probably didn't even really know. But that V-seat reach, it only evaluated part of the flexibility equation. And honestly, just on one section of the body. And it was always the floppy kids that got the best scores. And I want you to see now that being floppy, being hypermobile is not ideal. But on the flip side, being super stiff and tight is not ideal either. So finding that middle ground is so important. So the big idea here is that you really, if you really want to gauge your flexibility, follow the movements during your next workout, moving your body through full ranges of motion with control, with precision. Watch your depth. Go deeper into those movements and see how things improve and see how this skill transfers to your other exercises and activities throughout the day. So now your action steps, what I want to leave you with, because I always at the end of each episode, I want to leave you with things that you can tangibly go do and put into practice, okay? So your action steps now, I want you to commit, (laughs) listen up, okay? If you're multitasking, come back to me real quick. Commit to always doing a dynamic warm-up and a passive stretching cool down at least that dynamic warm-up, okay? I know a lot of people that I train are like, man, sometimes I feel like I don't have enough time to do a full warm-up, so I just jump straight into the workout. I would rather, honestly, have you skip a full set of the workout and and make sure that you still get your warm-up done. Seriously, okay? The warm-up, the dynamic warm-up is that important, okay? So commit to always Always, always doing a dynamic warm-up and a passive stretching cool-down. And then while you're doing dynamic movements, don't just go through the motions, okay? Do them like you mean them. Take your time to explore your deepest ranges of motion. And then sit back and watch how that completely impacts how your entire body feels and moves. It's incredible. Trust me. All right, friend, I cannot wait to hear how flexible you become over the next few days and weeks and months. I'm super excited for you to just get your body in a place where it feels so good and thrives. I can't wait for that. Okay, I will meet you back here next week, same time, same place. And until then, be strong. Be strong.